Turkey hunting is one of my favorite things. And one of the key tools I use for turkey hunting is the Onyx Hunt Map. I use it incessantly when I'm hunting turkeys. Being able to find a new piece of public or gaining permission on private opens up opportunities for gobblers. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you this spring. Use the code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt. You'll find more birds this season. I'm telling you, I rely on Onyx Hunt. When I'm hunting turkeys, it is an invaluable turkey hunting tool. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Hey, I'm excited to share our newest sponsor here on the Meat Eater Podcast, which is Poncho Outdoors. The reason I'm excited is I buy their shirts anyways. Dude, they make some good shirts. And they even have an option where if you're like a skinny dude, you can click like the skinny dude thing. It's great. Based in Austin, Texas, Poncho is committed to crafting the world's best outdoor shirts for men. Poncho is only sold on their own website. So head over to ponchooutdoors.com, use code MEATEATER for a free hat or t-shirt with any purchase of a shirt. Poncho offers free shipping and returns, so you can try them out risk-free. All right, everybody. This is the Meat Eater Podcast coming to you recorded from the Llano Estacado, or Staked Plains of Texas. We're in a canyon called Ransom Canyon, which is a sweet name, in a rental house that has a lot of personal flourishes of the owner around it. We're down here. I don't, I'm not, we're we're not going to talk about why we're down here too much yet because we're going to talk about that at another point. Um, has to do with a big, tall bird that tastes real good. Um, instead, what we're talking about right now is something that, that I've been troubled by and puzzled over and anguished over my entire life, and that is the purpose and functionality and also some practical business having to do with hunting dogs and i've always maintained that dudes who hunt with dogs like dogs more than hunting and i have a couple of dog a couple of dog experts sitting here today and also uh Giannis Putalis. you ever owned a dog Giannis? nope and also a man who's never even owned a dog i got how, one how have you never owned a dog I- we had one growing up, so it was a family dog, so I didn't really Oh, own yeah, one. I'm counting that. And then when I got married, I got a two-for-one package. But she was just like a house dog. She was a family dog. What's it mean to get a two-for-one package? Well, I got a dog with the marriage. Where is that dog now? She passed away. From what? Old age. All right, so Giannis lied. He's actually had several dogs. Um, they're all dead now. And we're also joined right now by Ronnie Bame. Um who's the main dog guy that I know, like like most of what I know about dogs besides just dogs I've owned has come from Ronnie. And Ronnie, tell, I'm going to have you talk about Ronnie, like you, Ronnie judges dogs and breeds dogs. Yeah. You used to breed these really violent dogs. I, let's not call them violent. Yeah. But anyway. Mean-spirited no, I, dogs. I, I started out like. Not pit bulls, but. When I first moved to Michigan 26, seven years ago, I got a German short hair, 
and it was a nice dog and you know little hyper strong little little goofy and i didn't know jack shit about training i i couldn't get the dog to sit but i it, it but was, you wanted it for hunting yeah and this dog was a good grouse dog and a good woodcock dog and i took it to south dakota but other than that, I was just—I got lucky. This this dog just like, oh, out of the box, it just did everything. You mean Zygon? No, no, this is Queenie. Long oh, I remember, time ago. I remember that dog. Yeah, the the white and brown. So that wasn't the violent kind. No, no. And then when I but thought it was I, a pointer. Yeah, it's a point. All, all my bo- dogs have been pointing. You've breeds. always been into points. Yeah. Like I, I want to real quick. Uh, hunting dogs occur in what three categories? Let's say you got just uh, just uh, like, like laid us out basically. You got uh, pointers, retrievers. And trackers. Is that how you categorize hunting dogs? Well, we call them pointers, flushers, and then there'd be tracking dogs, which would be in the hound group. Like lion dogs or coon dogs. Coon dogs, bear dogs. So pointers, flushers, and trackers. Basically. It's fair to say. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. All right. And you've always been into the pointers. Right. right. And that's good because I know Ed's into the... Um, Flushing breed. Retrievers. Retrievers. <laughs> <laughs> but as, a, as far as the field work, it's a flushing dog. Yeah. yeah, but he mainly uses it for it to go pick up dead stuff. That's true. Then that Which, and, and we'll get to this, in my opinion, is the that most is useful the, dog you could have. It's the main <laughs> thing a dog can do is right. I would leave it in its kennel <laughs> until I couldn't find something, and I would go home and get it and have it find it. Yeah. yeah. All right. But anyways, so, so anyway, your dog, you, you're, do, you're doing right. like so your, your life through dogs. I, I made one of those mistakes. Like I got, like I jumped in with both feet. And I started reading too many articles, and I got a German wire-haired pointer. That dog hated me. It was a good hunter, but it, it had no cooperation. This is Zygon. No, no, this is Zygon. <laughs> this is way before you met Zygon. His name was Hasco. He's a black. I remember that dog. Black wire hair, which is a little rare at that time. He had all the talent in the world, and I had no skill level to train the obedience. Some dogs, when they're really high desire and really, there's a top shelf dog. It needed to be. It needed to be told who was alpha. It needed a boss. Yeah. And, and you weren't man I, enough to do that. I can't get my wife to listen to me. I couldn't get this <laughs> dog to listen to me at all. It was, this dog, I took this dog to Canada when he was like four or five years old to hunt sharp-tailed grouse. And I only shot grouse over my buddy's griffin. My dog hunted like <laughs> over there and over there and shot, retrieved birds for other people. The dog hated me. That's when my that's funny because my hate of hunting dogs, my my kind of hate of hunting dogs, comes from people telling me throughout my life. This is going back to high school. People being like, "Oh, I got this great hunting dog. We're gonna take my great hunting dog out and we'll go hunt." And you open the door or open the back of the truck, and that son of a bitch takes off, <laughs> and he's like. <laughs> Yeah, I, sure. I can't contest that he's not a great hunting dog. Who knows what he's doing wherever he is? Right. He might be hunting up a storm, but it's not happening around me. <laughs> right. You know? right. Yeah, that's, and then you spend your whole time trying to get the dog back in the truck. And hollering at it and blowing a whistle, oh, and it's yeah. it's aggravating. You you were with me with some of the dogs I had. Yeah, I remember some. Yeah, I, your dogs now are different. Right, right. Yeah. But so no, then that, you got into the mean ones. That was the German wire hairs. Yeah. And, and those dogs are meant for killing. They're very good at it. Yeah, like I mean, they'll kill a raccoon, it, whatever. See, in Germany, when they started the versatile breeds, the wire hair was put together. With, it was a poodle pointer, which is not a poodle, but it's a another wire-haired dog. Stickelhaar, a short hair, and I um, can't remember the other breed. But anyway, there was like four basic breeds put in there, and they wanted a dog that would not only you know, point a bird, 
they, they wanted to track blood. And because everything was privately owned, all the biggest states in Europe, only the wealthy hunted back in the 1800s. Yeah, and they wanted the dog to kill a poor guy right. if they caught him hunting on their land. No, no. no. <laughs> the dogs like people. They do. But what they were expected to do, and they still do, and I don't want to say a secret society dog club, and I won't mention it, but they, this breed of dog, if you have one that's still registered in Berlin, it has to kill before it's allowed to breed a full-grown raccoon. Where do they get the raccoons? By itself? No help from the owner. No, no, no help. No, from I mean, no, no other dogs. No, they let the raccoon. Mono, mono. They trap a raccoon and have a hard trap. And Hold on, there's raccoons in Europe? No, no, but there's, there's, uh, there's a, there's a similar. The point is here. We have, here no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a little no, two pound no, stove no, no. thing. I think, to kill. I think it's a guinea pig. <laughs> they have to kill a guinea pig. No. No, what they've done is they've used a raccoon here because that's what we have here. Mm. They, but the, the point was that dog was expected to get rid of vermin out on these estates. Oh, While I got it's you. hunting, if they come across a skunk, a polecat, whatever they call them. Anything here, that's going to eat bird eggs. Any, and, exactly. Yeah. Anything that they basically made this like sterile environment where game birds and game animals, rabbits and game animals would flourish. By that dog, and mine have done it. I mean, they've been. They'll be running down the woods, going through, looking for grouse and stuff. And all of a sudden, wham, there's a raccoon that was like nested up by a log or a skunk. One bite on the back of the neck, it's done. Really? And, and that was desirable. A, that's what the Germans wanted. Doesn't work so good when you come to America. You go to a farmer, knock on his door, and it takes two of his, house, or his yard cats out of his barn. <laughs> you know? And it was his best mousing cat. So, but anyway, so I had this desire to have this, this headstrong, hard, Can I ask you hard, a question, though, about the raccoons? That's yeah. some hardcore shit, because when we were Dude. in Florida pig hunting, oh, we, we saw a, a raccoon. Of, a pack of dogs off. fighting a raccoon. Well, that, that was a pussy dog. <laughs> no. These weren't. Well, we did see one of those dogs get gouged bad by a pig. But still, yeah. I'm saying that's amazing that, they, that they kill. But you know, what I'm saying is, too, you remember, there's a lot of German wire hairs in this country. Yeah. There's different registries with them. If you stay to this one format, it's called VDD GNA. And if you stay that format, your dog has to pass certain performance tests before you're allowed to breed the dog. And the dog has to be in front of a breed warden to make sure it's the right height, the right size, the right teeth. If the coat's not right, They'll only let you breed it to a coat that's going to complement it. It, it, it. It's, how do I say, it? it's like a lot of whiskey, whiskey, two mentality. Mm -hmm. And that's the way they are. And those dogs that I thought I wanted and I stuck with for 15, 18 years, um, wasn't more than I could handle. But It was like a penis extension dog. No, it wasn't my Corvette. It wasn't a Corvette yeah. dog or nothing like that. But it was, I thought it'd be cool to have a dog that could do all that, but you didn't realize how... Nasty dick it gets sometimes. Yeah, like you didn't like, realize what it really meant. Yeah, like my buddy's dog come off the tailgate. I'm putting a collar on my dog. He does, you know, most dogs sniff ass or at least tiptoe and look at each other before they fight. This dog just jumped off the tailgate and went. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you're so embarrassed. You're like, so anyway, so then that's, yeah, that's where I, that was my predominant breed for the center of my dog years. And at that time, you were involved with. The same organization. Right. The same organization. It's called NAVDA, North yeah. American Versal Hunting Dog Association. And Ed, what uh, we, have, we haven't really even introduced Ed Arnett yet, but just real quick, what's the organization you're involved in? 
American Kennel Club. AKC. AKC. Oh. Yeah. As, a, as a judge. As that's, a judge. That's what I'm associated with. But that's what you, I mean, you sort of measure dogs by that standard. By, the hunt, by the hunt test standard. Yes. That there's also field trials. Have you heard of, I mean, are you aware of North American oh, yeah. versus the Honey Dog Association? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I hunt with a lot of guys that have pointers too, so. So NAVDA, you're involved in NAVDA now, but you were involved in NAVDA when you had wire hairs. Right. Even before I became a judge form, I was involved with them and, you know, tried to learn and glean everything I could from the other trainers and the other breeders and everything. But, um, and that, like all the dogs that you're talk that you've talked about, Queenie. Yeah. Was a what? Queenie's a short hair. Then a German wire hair. Hasco and Zygon. And, a, and then a, now the new kind of dogs you're tangled up with have uh, all fallen under versatile hunting dogs. Yeah. Versatile hunting dog is a dog that, if you look it up in a dictionary, it's, a dog that's going to hunt and point and do work before and after the shot on land and on water. That's basically the description of it. Yeah. So what we, what we want is a dog that will basically perform in any terrain. Yep. And if water's a terrain, water's a terrain. An ATD. What's that? All-trained All dog. dog. <laughs> I didn't get that. So yeah. real quick, rattle off a handful of species that would be uh, ATDs and then um what kind of dog you're messing around with now well the most common ones everybody knows of is german shorthairs english pointers Brittany's, english setters uh poodle pointers vishalas a lot of vishalas getting real popular munsterlanders which is a like a setter looking dog from germany there's i think 22 of them now in our registry in navda so there's i can't think of every is a weimariner in there weimariner's in there also this yep. gal that used to live down the road, do you remember the Johnson family? Sort of lived across Middle Lake from my sister. Yeah. Yeah. They had a dog that they named Nipper. <laughs> a Weimariner named Nipper, but it would always bite people. And they got to thinking that the reason it bit people is because his dog's name was Nipper, and he was just fulfilling his name. And then they changed his name to Bowser. Did it help? I can't remember. <laughs> But that was a versatile hunting dog, or not? <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's, they're, they're, they are in the. They are in the. Basically, all the European breeds that point are considered versatile hunting dogs. Yeah, they're not. Over the years, a lot of them become specialist dogs. So they like like an English Setter is going to pretty much be your predominant grouse woods dog up in the north. Yeah, a, a pointer. We're in Texas, right? <laughs> and a pointer is going to be a predominant bird down here in texas for quail for quail and because it's a shorter coated dog it's not going to get hot you know it's uh that would be a predominant they are still in the versatile category but for generations they've been bred as a specialist yeah so to take one and transition it into a water dog is a little more difficult than it is for i follow you yeah yeah but to transition any versatile dog into a water dog you just take their field desire and push it into the water they find that the water has the animals in it, just like the field has the animals in it, and they're just excited as hell to go out into a marsh and look for a duck. But they're probably not equipped to stay warm. No, that's a fault with them because very few of them have a really good dual coat that will protect yeah. them in cold, cold Because the lab's like a yeah. seal. Yeah, oh yeah, they'll come out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> look, I don't need a towel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to tell. But, no, I, but I, one, I got one last thing okay, for you, though. Right, yeah. The dogs you're into now, which is a reasonable dog. Right. It's the kind of dog. Does Face Hill still have one? Yes, they have like three or four of them. Yeah. I don't lust after women besides my wife, but I, I just don't. 
But um, I go to Las what Vegas. About Tim McGraw? I go to Las Vegas every year for this thing. Yeah. And for the last like two years in a row, in all the elevators, there's an ad for uh, a Faith Hill concert. Mm-hmm. And the, it's just such a be- it's like such an intoxicating ad campaign. I have no I, no desire whatsoever to go see her in concert. But when I'm standing in the elevator, you which is yourself. all you do in Las Vegas, is ride up and down the elevator. <laughs> um, she's always advertising there, and I'm always looking at her, thinking about your dog because you told me that she has one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has several. Or her, I think it's Tim's more than hers. But some is that why you sell your dog so fast? Like before they even hit the ground out of the not, out of the yeah, bitch? I bet you not. Any, hardly anybody knows they have them. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, oh, okay. the Brocco people have them, but yeah. know that, but. So Ronnie's now tangled up with a dog called a Italian Bracco. Bracco Italiano. Bracco Italiano. Depends yeah. on how you want to say it. And it's a very houndy looking dog. It's a very it, when people see it, when I'm in Virginia, it, there's a lot of bear hunters in Virginia. Uh-huh. It's like more bear hunters. There's more bear in Virginia than any place I've ever been. And people come and make guests. I was at Prince Wales Island, you're right. <laughs> See, a lot of bears. <laughs> a lot of bears. <laughs> And people will come up to my external dog box, and they'll be standing by my tailgate. What kind of bear dog is that? God, I never seen one orange before. Yeah, you know? and then and, you got to tell them it's a like bird dog. And I just say Italian pointer because they're like Bracco, what? Yeah, you know, yeah. So I, I leave that out. But it's just a, it's a versatile dog. But it was really never bred for the versatility in Italy. It was pretty much an upland bird. Yeah. But then again, so were most English pointers. I and mean, that's a dog you could actually bring into your house without it killing your kids. Yeah, and it won't. It yeah. doesn't kill animals. It doesn't. You know, it it doesn't have that fur drive because the Italians over all these centuries just wanted to hit hit birds with them. Yeah. So they use these dogs. I I understand. I've never seen it. Never been to Italy, but there are supposed to be frescoes from the 14th century with very very close pictures that resemble the Bracco. Yeah. Which was either the the. Uh, can't remember the other Spanish pointer, but all the same thing. Very, very long ears, a nose like Jimmy Durante on it. And and so there's like, they've been pretty much breeding true to type for, what's 14th from? 600 years? Yeah. And the dog is very docile. It, it's like Ed's Labs. I mean, I told Ed, you know, watch my dogs. Well, what are they going to do? He says, you're right. He says, well, if you're out there having a smoke, just keep an eye on Yeah. They just come up. And I finally have this dog that's a pointing dog that acts like Ed's Labs. Yeah. They're like, hi. You know, they just come up. And now they'll, but they would run out of the driveway. Like right now, if I let my dogs out. They'd be gone. They'd be not gone far, but they'd just be gone at this 100 or 200 yard range. And I'd have to be screaming and panicking and everything. Yeah. 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 They're melt. The, the last, the last lab. You know, Danny had that dog for a while. Yeah. Like, my brother Danny had a duck hunting dog recently. He went down to a, a, an adoption, like a dog. I don't know when all this, like, bringing human terms came to dogs. You used to go to the pound and get a dog. Now you're like, I rescued the dog. It's like, I don't know. What about all the, but people have been rescuing dogs all, as long as people have been going to the pound and picking up a dog. So he went to a rescue place. Right. You know. That is and weird. the dog he picked out. His cri- his criteria for picking out a dog is it's just a building. It's a it specializes in labs. It's a pound for labs, and he went in there and every lab in every lab rescue. Yeah, lab rescue. Yeah, lab rescue. Yeah. He went in there and That's every true. lab in the room yeah. except one stood up when he walked in, and he's like, "I'll take the one that laid that didn't get up." <laughs> 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 I'm not sure if it's a good barometer no, or not. But. It was a great dog. 
It was a great dog. It died just, I, not, I just met recently. Him. I met he, it. Yeah, he was cool about it when it died, but a buddy of his was saying how he was real depressed, man, when his dog died. Yeah. Tig. Like Tig Welder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They're like your kids. Yeah, he thought so. All right. We'll be right back to talk a lot more about labs and other hunting dogs. Hey, man, it's a struggle to find time to manage one's finances. It's a struggle to find time to manage my finances. You go through like a busy week, and the last thing you want to do is spend time budgeting, you know, your expenses and tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions you're paying for that you don't use. But now you use Rocket Money and does all of that for me. I'll tell you, this this happens all the time in our family because, like, something will come out that we want to watch, and they lure you in with a one-month trial, and you're like, oh, you know, I'll do the one-month trial, then I'll come back and cancel, then I can watch this whole thing. And then, like, you don't. You forget about it, and then, and then a year goes by, and you've been paying these guys 12 bucks all year and never watched a single thing. This finds that stuff and gets rid of it for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app. It goes in and finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings instead. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. That's rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Again, rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Pay attention here because this is a hell of a good service. It's called the Wellness Company. Picture this, okay? You wake up, you got a scratchy throat, you're all congested, you got a runny nose, you got a cough, whatever. And you weigh your options like you tough it out, get sick, take time off work, try to get a doctor's appointment sometime in the next few months. Wait two hours at urgent care and sit in a room full of six sick folks. Or you open your medical emergency kit. You match your symptoms to the doctor-recommended prescription, and you start on the right meds right away. These medical emergency kits, not a first aid kit, all right? It comes with doctor-prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. So... On hand, strong antibiotics for infections of all types. Plus, a doctor's easy guide so you know exactly what to take and when. No waiting to see the doctor. No waiting at the pharmacy. It's all in there. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.com health slash meat eater but you got to use the promo code meat eater that's promo code meat eater okay at twc.health slash meat eater yeah i've said it before and i'll say it a thousand times more if you got a family and you got people that rely on you you need to take life insurance seriously and policy genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace so with policy genius you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars in coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Your life insurance policy you know, that you get at work may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. Policy Genius gives you unbiased advice from a licensed expert support team. 
Now, this is super convenient, right? Because a lot of times, you know, something like life insurance, you're just going to put it off because you're like, when will I ever have time to do that? I don't even know who to talk to about it. Well, this helps you do it online. Okay, again, you're comparing options from top companies, all right? Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Speaking of labs, I want to tell one other lab story before we talk to Ed about labs for a minute, just to get the breakdown on labs because, <laughs> well, two things. I, the only dog I ever really liked, we had many, many dogs. Many of them would just vanish. Like well, I my thought dad was, just had that one lab that was there forever. No, man. We had dogs. We had Mike, Kayla, Snoopy. <laughs> and we had all dogs. I didn't even know what all dogs we owned, but they would never last. My dad would just get rid of them. One time, we were... This is awful to admit. He's dead, so no one's can did he, prosecute did he have him. him rescued? <laughs> yeah, he had him rescued, <laughs> like from life. <laughs> but we're going down the road one day, and we were going rabbit hunting. I was a kid. We're going rabbit hunting, and lo and behold, there's a beagle on the side of the road. That dog became our dog. <laughs> I mean, it was like, what timing? What was like? <laughs> he took that dog, and that dog was Bobo, was his name, and that dog became our dog. Just as simple as opening the door of the truck and the dog <laughs> called the dog into the truck. Climbed we right like in. probably stole someone's dog and then Bobo lived with us for a long time because <laughs> my dad had a good beagle. No, no collar, no tag. I don't even remember. You did. Just took it like, off my, yeah. He thought, he's like, we're going to have a hunt. Apparently, here's, you know, here's this dog. We should get a beagle. So we had that dog. We had that dog for a while, Bobo, because it reminded my dad of a good, he used to hunt a lot of cottontails and in, Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. But the one lab story I want to tell is just funny. Hell, and I want to tell just because Ronnie's here. Is me and Ronnie went. I don't know how it happened. We went on a guided. This is the first guided hunt I've oh. went on my entire life. Yeah. Went guided. on a guided snow goose hunt <laughs> yeah. for a couple days in which I got one snow goose, I think. And I got none. And at a point, the guide, if you call him that, you know, we're out there at two in the morning because we have set out like thousands of decoys. And at one point, the guide goes to take, he goes to relieve himself. He goes to take a growler and he goes... <laughs> Just like right behind us, like you know, what I mean, like you can smell it. He's right behind us, <laughs> and, and, the, and the trees. Little... The trees were only another hundred fifty, oh, yeah. two hundred feet right behind us. And we're in a, yeah. and we're in layout blinds, okay. And so you're just stuck in a layout blind. And as they're called minutes, here's his lab back there. I know where this is going. <laughs> right? Here's his yeah. lab back yeah. there. Toilet paper hanging out of his mouth. Yeah. You know, cleaning up. And, and you're already stuck in these blinds. And then the lab all morning is going up and down the line of guys what? trying to kiss and lick everyone's face. Because he's just friendly. <laughs> He's been doing that all morning, but now we know what he was doing. Be like, he, he's like, tainted. It'd be like, if a human being ate dog shit and it came up to you and said, give me, give me a kiss. No, 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 no. Just give me a kiss. Just give me a kiss. Well, I just, it was, it's nothing. I, I ate it. Just give me a kiss. <laughs> all morning long. Yeah. Oh, God. And it didn't so matter. I, so, Ed, uh, you love Labradors. Uh, I do. No. Yeah. And <laughs> I do, like, I do too. I like them too. But uh, Ed Arnett, I know Ed from TRCP, Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership. We met like at, a, at things, events, events. Yeah, events. Formal events. Not I don't know, formal, informal events. Media Always summit talk and stuff, yeah. You can go to a lot of hunting events and meet a lot of guys who don't do a lot of hunting. It's possible, you know. But um, 
and Ed and I hit it off. This is the first time we've actually gotten together to hunt. But I know that you, um, just judging by your trailer alone, you're a dog man. You got like a polished dog trailer. Have you always been into like retrievers labs or do you, did you do the whole pointer thing too? Um, I got an interesting story on how it happened because I really got into duck hunting when I moved to Oregon and I've shot birds since I was, I started hunting when I was 10 years old, mm -hmm. but I never hunted with what a state dog. were you born in? Illinois. Illinois. Oh, really? So well, you've been out west for a long time, right? Yeah, right out of high school. Montana, Colorado, and, Texas. I was cliche and went west as a young man, right yeah. out of high school, Colorado, and then moved to Montana, Wyoming, Oregon. Oh, has he been all over? Spent a good uh, chunk of time here in Texas and then uh, now I'm back in Colorado, yeah. so... Um, I never hunted with a dog though, or even anybody with a dog. And when I was going, we were talking today about, uh, you know, hunting, uh, in the East Gallatin, hunting yeah. those spring creeks and jump shooting fe or hitting pheasants, but also jump shooting mallards. I'll just go pick up everything myself. And or at least know, try to, or at least try to. That, exactly. That's like, a, that's like well, a, here comes the funny part yeah, of the story. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we'd go out. You know the uh, like the septic ponds that were out there in Belgrade. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, we'd go out there. You were talking about jump shooting some of those. We'd go out there and jump shoot those. I take a fishing pole and throw a big ass, you know, snagging hook. Oh, to try to, to retrieve your to ducks pull, out of there. Pull the ducks in if you didn't kill them on land. So you do that for a while, and you think, boy, this seems silly. And then I got to Oregon, and I had I went hunting with a guy. And he had Chesapeake's, and I really was impressed with with how well behaved the dog was, and and how great it was to have a dog going out and getting the birds and everything. So we hunted on opening weekend of this was back in the nineteen like nineteen ninety one or something. And so I go hunting after that opening weekend, and I put a stock on some mallards in a reservoir in Oregon, and I doubled on greenheads and it was great and they all fall out in the lake and i'm like all right now how the hell am i gonna go get them they're yeah. right out in the lake so i stripped down naked and i swam out and got those two mallards and i said i'm buying a freaking dog after this yeah and that's a true story and i started no. looking and i went and got a lab that winter i totally understand it man because <laughs> the, the times i've hunted like we used to jump shoot a lot of ponds in michigan and in michigan you have a lot of cattails around duck yeah. ponds you know and the problem with jump shooting ducks is like over decoys are coming toward you and they usually land closer than where they were when you hit them if everything goes right jump shooting going away yeah they're already far away and then they're going to be farther away by the time they land and you got these seas of cattails yep. and you're like bam and that thing starts going down and it goes down and you just get like a sink of feeling like i will never never find, find that thing man <laughs> you can you look and look and look then you go out there with the dog and that son of a bitch just runs over and like sticks his head underwater and pulls it out that made me a believer. Just not like if I, if they made a dog that you could put in a thing in your pocket and just get it out when you needed it and like put water on it and it turns into a dog. Yeah. Chihuahuas aren't good retrievers. Though. No, yeah. they're not. Well, I don't know how Ronnie feels about this, but with a, I, I can remember a handful of retrieves. Not maybe not a handful, maybe two or three handfuls. But you remember the special ones? I do too. And to that to that point, I dropped a duck way back in in a marsh. And I sent one of my females, she's gone now, but I sent her and she went and she came back. She hunted short and I gave her a back and she went, and you can't handle a dog on a blind retrieving that stuff. I mean, it was really thick and nasty. So I got her over the river because she didn't mark this bird. And I just gave her a hard back and I let her go. And about 10 minutes later, she came back with that damn dog. Desire, <laughs> yeah. takes, desire takes over that. Exactly. Yeah. So... So that's why I got it. That's how I got into it. And I didn't want a Chesapeake for 
no particular reason. I just liked a labs. Bit, a little um, bit of German wire hair personality issues. Yeah. Also. So, so when you're so, home, you I, mainly expect you mainly expect your dog to find downed critters. No, I expect my dog to mark and go get it, and then find cripples as needed. And if I need to, give them, uh, handle them to a blind on a blind retrieve. But mostly after the shot's been taken. That's correct. In a perfect world, you know, you want a dog that's in your blind, like Sage was today when we were hunting cranes. I took the dog today because we had good enough cover to hide it. Yeah. And he sat there nice and calm while those birds came in, and, and he didn't see a couple of them. But, you know, so we just lined him up and, you know, and sent him out. But um, he, he marked a few of them, and, and then we walked over and picked up a couple. So Yeah. But, you know, you want a dog for a retriever. You want a dog that sits there, you know, nice and quiet, obedient, doesn't, doesn't you know, break and run out when the geese are coming in or when you pull up the shotgun. You want them sitting there so they actually mark the bird when it falls Have down. Have you always been into retrievers? Yeah, that's the only What are the main kind of, are there more so. kind of retrievers than a, than a lab? Yeah, so um, if you go the, if, you know, if you go by if AKC rules, if you will, the retriever breeds are Labradors, Golden Retrievers, Chesapeake Bay Retrievers, and then for the retriever hunting test, which I judge for. And, and, and you judge and that I for judge, AKC? <clears throat> I judge AKC test. And Ron, you judge for NAVDA. And I have a question for you about that. I, there is an AKC equivalent for pointing dogs, correct? Yeah, AKC has yep. uh, several tests yeah. that we, we transition right into. Yeah. They See, just the don't honey- blend the water in with the test day. Right. Yeah. But they uh-huh. also have an AKC water test, like a little, just to show that your dog can go do water retrieves. Right. So, yeah, AKC really, covers a real lot, of, a big gamut. They yeah. Really do. So the hunting test program started with um, NARA, the North American Hunting Retriever mm-hmm. Association, and then NAVDA is the equivalent. So, you know, this was, you know, some old field trailer guys and, and duck hunters that kind of got together and said, you know, we just want to go out and test these hunting skills of these dogs. So they created this North American Hunting Retriever Association. And how, how did you become a tests. judge doing that? Well, like I just got into putting the your dogs. Own dogs yeah, it. exactly. My first, I got my first dog after I did my famous swim after my two mallards. Um, got this dog and I started reading books. Uh, started with Richard Richard Walters, uh, yeah. Water Dog, <laughs> oh, like that, that, dog is, that book is everywhere, man. Everywhere. Oh, yeah. We had that dog because of our yep, lab. Absolutely. And I, I'll say we had we wound up with a great lab because we lived by a Coast Guard station and a woman who was in the Coast Guard was getting restationed somewhere. She couldn't bring her dog. She well, put an ad. Got the, her? Yeah, put an ad in the paper. Interviewed a bunch of people. Came out to our house. We had kids. We liked to hunt. We lived on a lake. She gave us the dog, and that dog, we had that dog a long time, turned into a, I mean, just as far as obedience, the only problem is she was white, so it was hard to hide her in the duck woods. You're always putting, we always had those army, wool army blankets. Cover her up, yeah. Always trying to lay her down there, you know, but she would spot birds in the air that you didn't see, and had a noise she'd make in the back of her throat. And when she made that noise, there was a bird in the air. She was like, yeah, yeah. it was just yeah, like, yeah, you do is yeah. like, there's a duck. She'd see it. And she would find ducks and she would find ducks you didn't shoot. You'd go out the second morning of season, waiting for it to get light out. Get some of the cripples. And you'd look and she'd be standing there with a duck in her mouth and the duck be looking around. Yeah. Like she went and found some duck that wasn't even dead. You, well, know, you didn't know. Right. Light out. Right. She's standing there with it. Go she was a great him. dog. She wound up. That's getting, the one you hunted the, like the most with. Oh, that's the only dog we ever had legitimate yeah. hunting with. Yeah. Two things happened to her. One time we were on one of those floating land lakes. Yeah. You know, someone has a false bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And we knocked some geese down in the early season in Michigan. 
and there's a wounded goose very much alive out on some floating land and she swam out and climbed up on the floating land but her four legs Kept poked through, through and that goose beat the shit out of her man oh. and she would never touch another goose again after that yeah, yeah. the second That's bad thing to have there she got hit by a van we were out working on our bmx bikes and i don't want to say who did it but a guy down the road hit her in a blue van carpet van and um busted her all up we got a lot more years out of her eventually she got where she couldn't even stand up and then a, a friend of ours ben uh took her out in chippewa national forest in the up and we had him dig a hole and shoot the dog down in the hole and bury the hole it was just terrible and i've never had another dog since then you know um, well back to how i got into yeah, yeah, akc yeah. um judging so i i ran the hunt test after when my dog became of age and and i wanted to do the hunt test field trials are very as a handler the hunt tests are very different than the field trailers, and the reason they put those programs together was to test dogs' hunting abilities. And like, for, like, in I, I want to get keep, keep going, but I want well, at the end of this, I want you to explain, like, in you too. I just, I just want to forget to ask you this: Do you think that a test? The, can you test the dog in a way that actually demonstrates how that dog will perform in the field? Just keep that in the back of your head. Sure. Sure, but you don't bet. even do it now. Just, yeah. just remember later. Well, I was really into this new this new dog I got, and I trained her almost every day. Didn't and you, you need to when they're really young? You trained her with an eye toward the test. Exactly. Well, with, yeah, I kind of got into the test, but I, you know, everybody starts off saying I just want a good hunting dog, or you and, go to and, a test sometime and you see a dog <clears> perform, <throat> you're like, I gotta have that. Exactly. <laughs> I gotta yeah, have that. I, I, I have a I have a Nova, but I really want a Chevy. <laughs> you know, whatever. Pick your favorite. Oh, I thought maybe you had a Chevy Nova. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I mean, pick your favorite beater car, but you mm-hmm. want you want the Maserati when you see him run. And then, the, so the field trials is different than the hunting test. The hunting test, you you are judged against a standard. You right. set up a test, and if the dogs pass it, no they, first, they second, qualify. third place or nothing. Field well, that's trials, the field test. Field, no, no it's hunting, a hunting, hunting test, test. The, again, under different field scenarios. In a field trial, they it's a winner-take-all. Right. So first, second, third, first, second, third placement. Yeah. And some of these field trial dogs now, I mean, they'll they'll mark readily out to 400 yards. That's not a realistic hunting situation. Well, I mean, you but knock a down, he lands 400 yards away, and that dog's going to look at where it is? If he no. can see it. But, or if, if he but can he could, see it, he But he could, could be handled to 400 yards probably, couldn't he? Right, but I, you right. know, if you were in a situation where you were high enough and the dog actually could see it, there are there are many dogs that could could yeah. actually run out that and market be, if they have like been trained it. to deal to with the it. terrain, the wind, all these factors that play that in mental to, thing, to them that, that mental memory, memory, and that's what and labs have. Labs have that marking memory. Like most pointing dogs do yeah. not have that marking memory. Yeah, a lab will like you can, and you guys train it. You train You'll it pull these them. different. Retrieves well. Your average dog, ninety-nine of them, are gonna go get that last thing you threw. Oh, and you go, no, you're gonna go get the second thing I threw. Yeah, you know, and you remember that? They can. Oh, Ed could talk. That I mean, well, I did it with one dog. Real, but, real yeah. quick, can you guys define mark? Oh, go ahead, sure. Ed. Mark yeah. retrieve is when the dog actually sees the bird or is supposed to see it. Yeah, and a blind retrieve is when they don't see the fall. And you give them hand signal. You you send them on a. I send it on back. You're, you're guiding them, but he's you're blind. guiding them. Yeah, yeah. he has yep. no idea you're where the bird's at. Yep. Exactly. So it's a teamwork. So well, you what's the call when neither of you knows where the bird's at? Lost bird. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, but he might go out and find it. It's, that's well. Well, that somebody's got. Oh, but you still roughly guided it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Well, you know, 
an ethical hunter will watch those birds until they're completely out of sight. Yeah. I've seen many. So you that can don't, give them an approximation of where it is, and he'll look around. Exactly. In that area. And if yeah. I don't think I could handle them to a bird, I, I don't send my dogs on very many blinds. Quite frankly, in, in hunting situations, you go over there yourself too. Go over there and get the dog on the bird. And make sure or make sure you find it in the area of the yeah, fall. If it's practical to send them, I've I've sent them on several, but you know, yeah. it, more often than not, you're walking them out there to. To find a cripple. Well, like but, going, after those the cranes, whole going after the cranes day, the dog just knew, though. Yeah, he saw him. Yeah. And also, the he dogs- saw him, or let me just fit it real quick. The one that, um, the one that uh, Ronnie, you shot today and landed on the bank. He didn't see it, right. but I lined him up. Right. And I just lined him, and he, and he could see it right there. So then when he saw it, I locked him, and I sent him But even back. if he couldn't have saw so, it, Ed lined him up, and he learns from that key of Ed's hand. That's right. You put your hand over the head, dog's head. And that dog's going to follow. He knows he's supposed yep. to look in that direction and pay attention. Yeah. And he saw the bird laying there. Now, had he not seen it, I would have said back. And then when he right. veers off course, you hit him with a sit whistle. Him. We yeah. give him a handle back. So this is this is a quick question. Or, then I got some more, but just try to answer sure. this as quickly as possible. Because this is something I think a lot of people come up with. And you guys probably encounter all the time. Is like people, there are so many dudes out there who got a dog that was going to be like the big hunting dog. And it winds up not, it winds up not being. You know, and when that happens, I typically think, you know, maybe the dog didn't have talent, but I typically think like they didn't have the time due to, due to obligations or laziness. They didn't take the time to train the dog. How, let's say you, a fella goes out and gets a puppy. What is the bare minimum days? Put it by in terms of days a week, days a month, whatever. What is the bare minimum? You better be prepared to put into that dog when you bring it home to ever expect to have a dog that isn't going to embarrass you in front of your buddies or that isn't just going to be a detriment to your hunting? I think probably more like for, hours a week. Exactly. Well, yeah. And it's to me, it's yeah. more repetition um, than it is length of time. It's, it's more short duration training sessions than a few long ones. Yeah, that's so how I'm trying did, to teach my kid to shoot his bow, my exactly. four-year-old. If you did a little 15 bit minutes often. every day, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's much better than like one Saturday right, a right. week. So, and it's particularly important, in my opinion, the first year is critical. I mean, you know, little babies' brains are like a sponge, so is a dog. Yeah. Um, you know, and they want to work. They want to they wanna please you. So how many, hours, how many hours a week? I know it's hard to answer that way, but what would you it say? Is. You know, um... You know, I probably spent more than I <laughs> more than well, I should know, have, but it was probably and you know 20, some dogs fifteen hours, ten to fifteen hours a week, maybe. right? And then there's Something some so a considerable investment, though. Yeah, it's a, it's a considerable there's, investment if you want to train. If you want a basic now, back to your question, which yeah. was just you don't a want basic to be obedience by it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, 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 that's a bad you way could to get put away it. with a half hour a day. So oh it's yeah, a, exactly. You know, three and or, if three you four spend a half an hour a day, you're going to have a dog better than the guy who doesn't spend that half hour a day. Yeah, you know, but one of the other biggest things that this is my biggest gripe with all dogs, and I'm sure Ed knows it too, is there's there's seven inherited traits to a pointing dog, and I, I guess there'd be six to a a flushing dog. You know, there's desire, pointing, cooperation, tracking. Um, well, that's embarrassing. I can't remember the rest. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember your principles. But but anyway, there's inherited. Let me look it up for you. <laughs> my books in the other room. There's inherited traits that this dog comes with in a in a package, and inherited mean like out of the box, out of the box, right out of the there. mama. And yeah. all you gotta do is like expose it a little bit, 
and and just just is like holy cow, my dog's holding point. Oh, I'm with you now. You know where there's you're other helping dog, bring out stuff that's just there. It's just there yep. already. Yep, and, that's right. And enhancing the instincts. And so then the training, you could get one of those dogs out of a litter. It's just what we call a natural, like a you know you natural athletes in high school, yep. the guy that could play all the sports, and I couldn't run. Yeah, you know. You know, they had a cult. Like they that, had a cult. me. Yeah, it's like yeah. the dog. It's like the dog we're talking about. We cycled through as a family. There you go. Many dogs, and all of a sudden, here comes this dog. Yeah. And no one knew anything about it. It was just like this dog. One so, cared what you thought about it, and two liked to find dogs. So and it, that was, that was that's, all we were looking for. You and know, that's yeah. where my that's my hallmark for a dog is I can have a lower desire dog, but it's got to have a high cooperation. Yeah. And my wire hairs didn't have. Well, one of them did, but most of them didn't. My short hair had, yeah, well, she was okay, but natural cooperation in a in a hunting dog is like an unspoken teamwork. Yeah. Yep. You, they got to be just, trainable. You get they stuff from be. them. Then the training's easy because they're like, yeah. oh, this is this isn't. There's dogs that I don't care who the trainer is, and I'm and you've seen people have made a lab get a title that don't deserve a title. You know what I mean? I'm sure you've probably seen passed a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. No, that, I've given them the title. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, given, exactly. I've given a prize one dog, and I'm going, I wouldn't put that dog in my truck. But this guy has overwhelmed all the faults in this dog with obedience. This dog is just like on pins and needles. Oh, But yeah. he's, he's, he's masked it with obedience training. But if you can get a dog that's cooperative, that means he wants to work with you. Yeah, and like like a little dog that the team works gets really his important. first bird, and you get that puppy he grabs a bird or whatever you throw, and he just brings it back to you. You're like, oh, we might have something here. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. But the one that runs around the backyard and like you're going, ah! even as a puppy, you're going, I gotta work with this dog. Yeah, and you have to work more. So you're saying a guy can a guy can take the pep out of a dog by pushing obedience too much. Oh yeah, you you. Oh yeah, you you can definitely do that. And act their their behavior can be different. They can turn into little assholes. But some of them need a need more. Oh yeah, and then there's other dogs that are like that, (laughs) like that kid that went to school that he did better at Catholic school than he would have done at public school because the nuns (laughs) just got him every. And that's what dog training is, right? I mean, it's like timing. The Catholic nuns, I had all my friends in Catholic school. You know, I want to mention, Ronnie, this is a a digression. Then I want to get to some fast questions I want to answer. Ronnie, you're just not that old. But in his public school and swimming class, the boys all swam naked. That's the next episode on this podcast we're going to go to. (laughs) It just sounds so long ago. We had that. We had that happen in Alaska. We had that whole big conversation. Nobody believed it. But yeah, you're right. I've never heard that. No, they all <laughs> swam. Swimming class, Chicago all the boys public, had to strip down and Chicago swim naked. Chicago Public High School, boys wow. had no suits. You swam naked. And <laughs> when I went to... I love that. When I man. was being born the last day of October, second to last day of October, I was not as mature as the other boys. Oh, yeah. There was no hair down there. And it was really like... You should have gotten a toupee. That is a digression. <laughs> yeah, that's a digression. But anyway, back right, real to... Real quick, yeah, back to this. Because then I want to I ask some rapid-fire dog okay, questions. Okay, so anyway... My that's this is what I look for more in a dog is that natural cooperation. Then you've it's just makes the whole training thing easier. Yeah, you the can dog screw, wants to please. You can screw it up, but it makes the whole thing easier. And it's easy to see in a puppy. You can see cooperation issues all the time in a puppy. You can usually pick out the wallflower and the bull. 
Right. Really. And then the one you want one in between. It, it, that's what yeah, you're looking you, for. Yeah, exactly. You don't want you don't want the one Drive, that's like but dependent you on you. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want the one that thinks <laughs> I'm the boss. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it's kinda like that finding a mate too, man. You might have something. I might there. be honest. I should write a relationship book. No, Giannis, I want you to do something. I want you to do something. I want you to role play. What are you doing on your phone there? I'm trying to get a picture of Oh, who's, there, who's messing with their uh, cord real bad? Someone fiddling with their cord? You Everybody that? hold dead still except Giannis. Now do what you were doing. Yeah, it's you. It's driving me nuts. Sorry. Not bad. Ed? A little bit. What are you doing on your phone? We're wasting time. I want here's a, <laughs> I want you I want you I want I want you to role play as a dude who likes to hunt a little bit of everything. Asking a question about what kind of dog he needs. I can do that because I was actually doing that oh, earlier today. No, 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 no. Yeah. You're a fellow like Giannis, lives in Bowles in Montana. A lot of hunting opportunities. Upland, waterfowl, mountain lions. I have two young kids. Two young kids that he can't be having getting killed by dogs. His wife could be really <laughs> mad about that. Please don't like it either. Please don't like it. What dog does Giannis want? So I'm saying I'm putting this to a pointer guy and a, and a retriever guy, but you guys find consensus. You got to find well, consensus. I, I, I think because the question I, 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 wanna, be, I know I'm asking the question. I want to interject yeah, one more yeah. thing. A pointer guy has to. I think a pointer guy and a retriever guy are both chasing an ideal, right? Sure. A pointer guy dreams of that moment, right? And there's the dog locked on point, right? Shotgun at the ready. The, ta his, the tail is just slightly like a boner. <laughs> That's his image. Oh, super stiff. Not giving you a little oh, like, no, no. flag. Just <laughs> really. Just gotcha. Not like flaccid. <laughs> just ready yeah. to rock. Yeah, no so no flaccid weenies. <laughs> That's his image. Yeah. I think the retriever guy's image is is his dog in flight out of the blind. Into the icy cold water, right. and he swims out and brings you the duck. Yeah, that's a good vision. Yeah, I, I can see that's that. your yeah. magazine. That picture covers. I just got of my brother-in-law's oh. chocolate lab, Sage, who's also named Sage. Interesting. Yes, yeah, she's <laughs> oh female. Let me look at this. Here. But this dog, these guys are shooting just drakes. This dog sits on the bow, and when he calls that dog's name, that dog with no running start. Hits the water 15 feet out. I mean, it's pretty time. Yeah, see that? That's the picture right there, man. I mean, it's like, yeah. Yanni's showing a picture. This is your brother-in-law down in Tennessee. Yeah. He's got a black lab. Chocolate. Chocolate lab. He's got a bunch of mallards hanging there. Blowing Springs Kennel. Kennels is where it's from. Hmm. That's where he bought it from? Yeah. As G. Gordon Liddy says, we're now going to take a break for crass commercial messages. Did you know Rocket Money can cancel a subscription for you? They'll even alert you when there's been an increase in a subscription price and negotiate rates for you. I can see my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. You wouldn't believe how many people are paying for subscriptions they don't use. This happened to me. It's annoying. This helps you find it out and get rid of it. Well, Rocket Money 
is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions and monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. That's rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Pay attention here because this is a hell of a good service. It's called the Wellness Company. Picture this, okay? You wake up, you got a scratchy throat, you're all congested, you got a runny nose, you got a cough, whatever. And you weigh your options like you tough it out, get sick, take time off work, try to get a doctor's appointment sometime in the next few months, wait two hours at urgent care and sit in a room full of six sick folks. Or you open your medical emergency kit. You match your symptoms to the doctor-recommended prescription, and you start on the right meds right away. These medical emergency kits is not a first aid kit, all right? It comes with doctor-prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. So, on hand, strong antibiotics for infections of all types. Plus, a doctor's easy guide so you know exactly what to take and when. No waiting to see the doctor. No waiting at the pharmacy. It's all in there. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.health slash meat eater, but you got to use the promo code meat eater. That's promo code meat eater, okay, at twc.health slash meat eater. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. All right, so there's Giannis, just moved, you know, young strapping lad, two young kids, just moved to Bozeman. He's got upland waterfowl. He goes, he says to you guys, he, he says to Ed first, Ed, what kind of dog do I want, man? I just want a dog that's ready to roll. I don't even know what I'm going to be doing. Give him your pitch. I'm willing to put some time in training. He's willing to put a little money down. Not a lot. He don't want to spend more than $1,000. Well, he, he still owes you $1,000. <laughs> well, he owes me $1,000 for the bet. <laughs> he, he, let's just also add this. I excuse him. I excuse him of his debt of $1,000. Then I'll give him a dog. And he doesn't want to spend any more than that. He doesn't want to spend any more than that on a dog. And that's absolute top limit. He'd be a lot happier to spend three, four hundred. Well, he can't do that. Okay. 
thousand bucks. Okay, well, first no, off, I, let's I, start with this. What's I'm his smart, budget? I'm smart enough to know that what I'm getting into is going to cost a little bit of money. Just and like you don't go lot. buying cheap rangefinders. Right. There you you go. got to spend a little money on it. Okay, so, what, so that, that's the first question. It's also a 10 to 12 One word answer. What's his budget if he's smart? His budget should bucks. be a, a thousand minimum. Yeah. Ed? Thousand. Okay, so now that's, what max. My, that's what I'd sell my puppies to you for. Yeah. All right. So Giannis, again, we already know his credentials, says to you, ask him, just say it right now as your role play. Ed. Can you do it in Latvian? Nah. That's my name in Latvian. I love it. C. C. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to say. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking for a dog. They can really do everything, as well as come inside at the end of the day, hang out with my girls, and be a family dog. I can put in 10 hours a week with it. That's great. Train it. You're going to take that That's time. That's a lot of time. But that time that comes away from your dog. 10's a lot of time. But no, we're going to do it together. 15 minutes oh. a day be best he's going right. to get. He's but doing it with his children, so you're not like messing the up. The first his- year, we can't do it? Oh, you could. If you're home enough, you could do an hour a day. But you know what? I... Not to stop the question, but you also got to remember a young dog, you don't do an hour a day. No. You do it in little segments, little five minutes here, 10 minutes here. Three, to f- yeah. three or five, 10, right. 15 minutes. Then sessions. it becomes longer and longer. And, and when I said, okay, let's keep moving hours, fast. Yeah. This is, I want to get okay. to, I want to, I want to, I want to okay. get, I want to get this, there. Here's my bias. Here's your, yep. It's, it's a biased answer, but the Labrador Retriever is without exception one of the best dogs for all around hunting conditions, and they're really great family dogs. But it can't find birds. Oh, they Golden can't find pre shot birds. It can't find oh, a live oh, birds. Oh, sure. Say that does. again. He's not, I'm not following that. Yeah. They no. won't go out and find oh, sure birds before you shot them. Yeah, yeah, because you yeah, got well, under the retriever. You, you got under the retriever yeah, side of it. So you feel like they're pretty reliable at finding. Oh birds, yeah, the, up the dog that you hunt, that I hunted with today, Sage, my Sage, that is one of the better pheasant labs I've ever had. Finds them all. I have killed, and it's not flushing them seventy five. I'm playing the devil's no, advocate. No, 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 no. I keep that dog within, within earlier, thirty yards. The dogs are divided into flushing. I'm playing groups. devil's advocate. Oh, okay. No, no, no. He's, he's a good upland dog. If yeah. you, you have to train him on all of this stuff, but they're good in the duck blind. They're good on upland, and they're great with the family. But what? Yeah. Let me let me put what he will not do. He won't point, but there are pointing labs. But you know what? I <laughs> found like, we don't labs, want to go there. Yeah, I know. You labs want to go there. will, in some way, once you get in tune with their body language, will, in their own inadvertent way, alert you to the oh, presence sure. of a bird. Sure. Who did I tell the story He's to? He's trying to I... find it, but you know by his body language that right. something's yeah. up. It's getting close. Yeah. It's getting close. I think yeah. I told you last night on the way back no. about Sage and the oh, last yeah. two roosters. Yeah. I, he was telling me they're right here. Yeah, running. Ed was out hunting. He got real sick of walking and kind of stopped. <laughs> his dog after like him. looked back from him from the top of the hill, kind of being like, "You have to be kidding me! You have to He's come right up here. here. This is so exciting!" And he goes up there, and there's two pheasants. But this is the problem with the flushing breeds versus the pointers. I ran my ass off chasing that dog because he's really good on runners, and he was chasing a running right. blackbird. Right. And, and so, if you want to not- put your tennis shoes on and chase a flusher after yeah. birds, otherwise you do it gentlemanly and go to the point. So I uh, gotta say, I almost don't want a lab just because everybody, not everybody, now I know somebody that doesn't have a lab. Well, you're Latvian. <laughs> you don't want a common dog. Everybody's got a lab. What do they run in Latvia? 
I have no idea. I looked that up. Curs. Cur hounds. All right, so something yeah, that runs pigs. You I already guess. know the question, so there's Giannis. He's going to give you an abbreviated version of the question in Latvian. Tell me why. I would say that what you need. <laughs> no, if I was going to sell my breed of dog to you, I would say the shortcomings in my dogs would be. Ooh, that's a that's tactful. Start with the shortcuts. Because then he's going to close in with a big sell. You live in Mount, Bozeman, Montana, and if you are going to do a fair amount of winter fowl, waterfowl hunting, then you don't want one of my dogs because you're going to have to put a vest on. It's gonna, it, it has a very short coat. I do have one male that goes through Cedar, you know, Cedar Creek oh, yeah, all yeah. the time, walks that creek. And, but that creek runs through my veins, man. That Yeah. He walks right up to January 1st when we have to quit. He walks that creek. Doesn't get cold. But most of them, they're going to be shaking like a... And that's a cold-ass place, too. Yeah. I mean, you're like, ducks show up. They're so really good in December, and that be, stuff's frozen. My man. thing would be, like, if you think you're going to do more duck hunting, then you want to get something with a really good coat, and you can't get a better coat than a lab. I, well, maybe Jesse. I don't know. I, I think it's... If you really get a good lab coat... Jesse's are it's, a top duck dog, no doubt. Yeah, but I mean, they got—they're warmer than a lab. Yeah, they're denser, I think, probably. But I think I'm kind of digressing here. But what Ed faces, and a lot of pointing breeds face, is so many people have bred these dogs without the concern for coat and conformation. You're getting labs that don't have a good coat. Oh, you know what I mean? So because they've been breeding them as house dogs, house dogs, and and uh, show dogs, and everything else, yeah. and. So that, that makes a difference. But the breed I have now, the Brocco Italiano, that is, it, it's a couch potato. It is a, it, I absolutely, you'd find upland birds with it. You'd, you could jump shoot ducks. You could, you could go out, break some skim ice, shoot a few birds, put a vest on it. But if you're going to really be out in the cold a lot, I would, I would go with a dog with a better coat. Either another versatile dog, if you wanted a pointer, or a lab. And we kind of both kind of laughed about the pointing labs. As Ed, yeah. Ed's been around them for years, I'm sure. And in NAVDA, our, our kind of joke is when somebody says, well, are pointing labs ever going to come into NAVDA? And one of the leaders of our group goes, a pointing lab is a fault. It's a flushing dog. Why? Oh, why? Yeah. Why would you want a pointing dog that didn't hold point? Yeah. Why would you want a flushing dog that stops in the middle of what he's doing? Well, you know. You know well, it's like it'd be like if you met an exotic dancer who's a good cook. So, <laughs> 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 yeah, it's a good analogy. You know, my, my very first lab, actually, I wouldn't say she was a pointer by any means, but you know, she she got up on the bird and she she knew it was there, right, saw it, right. and smelled it. So I just tell her to stay. Right. I'd walk up and just say, "Get him," and she'd you dive in, and, and I, birds would come up. If so. those. I would love to have one of those. Yeah, you know. But she was a flusher. That plain and simple. What's I would never call her. Pointing people lab. have started to try to just make this new breed of pointing labs, and I don't. I'm sure they're not. I, I don't know how. I'd, I like. I know. How do you feel about it? Like when somebody well, has the, it, what was? How, how long have we been going for? Fifty-three. And I got a bonus question. We got a bonus question, and you got to give me the pitch. And and oh. he wrote down a question that he hasn't answered yet. Okay. Anyway, the, my pitch would be if you wanted a pointing dog that would be 
a great family dog, I'd have to agree with my breed of Brocco Italianos or possibly some uh, uh, Griffin, wire-haired, pointing Griffon, maybe a Vishala, back to the short-haired. Those breeds are not, well, there's, the other two are kind of popular, but they're a little bit more on a docile side. Uh, a German wire hair is a little crazy. A German short hairs, Weimaraners. And again, everyone's going to, if people hear this, they're going to go, oh, you son of a bitch. I'm saying just Oh, in because general, people will fight. It's like arguing yeah. over rifle caliber. Yeah, exactly. Or whether a 20 yeah. gauge is better than 12 gauge. There's going to be 20. Everybody's well, got to breed. I've been on websites where people defend pit bulls. Now, I'm sorry, I don't want one next to me. I know there's some sweetheart pit bulls out there. I just don't want one next to me. Yeah. So when I say general statement, um, You'd want one of the more docile pointing breeds that are known for being a little more laid back, you know. With the family. Yeah. 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 And if you want to run big still, CRP. But you're not giving a good sell. You've <laughs> devoted like you've devoted yeah. a, a huge portion of your life to these dogs, and you're basically telling a guy, I'd go get a lab. But no. If you want one, get a docile one. No, I I know there's more in you because if it wasn't, you wouldn't have this is all you've ever been like like since you know me. When you're not, besides your work and your family. This is what you love, and you're not you're not telling the boy. Yeah, but see, I don't I don't like hard sell a dog. I just can't do it. Yeah, I'm with you. I, you know, you, you got too much. Yeah, it's too right. much morals and stuff. Yeah, I, I, it's just like well, it just depends on what you want. Right. I I, I would just that's, it's just not the right question to ask me because I want more information about what you want, and I'm gonna say, hey, I'll tell people. I don't think it's for you, you said all around. Yeah, you said, no, I'm with you. you. When you say all around, and that here's means my all bonus question. It will make it all around. My bonus question is, okay. you all know, I'm much more of a big game hunter than I am small game, waterfowl, birds, whatever. So, I don't even know if it's legal in Montana. You can't do it in Colorado. But if I had a... Trail of wounded animal yeah. and dog. You know, in Montana, I don't know. Michigan, you can. Michigan, you can. I think you used to not be able to, then all of a sudden became able to recently. Yeah. yeah. Somewhat. I think, I, I, I totally, if you've... I know it's hard to figure out. If you've hit and wounded a dog, or hit and wounded a, not a dog... Hit and wounded a big game animal. I don't. I think that anything you can throw at it to find it, you should be able to throw at it to find it. And I haven't heard both sides of the story. Maybe there's a great argument why not. I just don't see like how would the retrieval of game ever be a negative. I yeah. just can't picture. Oh, it. I agree. Well, it, it, the reason it's illegal is be, right, but the reason it's legal is because people would run them. Yeah, yeah. I know you're you're heading people. That's yeah, the problem. You're heading off abuse. Yeah. You know, what I mean, it, like, it's like it's so hard to discuss laws and legal stuff like. My brother has a rule that when he discusses this stuff, he's talking about what's the goal yeah. of the legislation rather than how people are going to get around it. And so I, I support the goal and of it. personal ethics here. Yeah, I support the goal of it. Like, we want to find, we it. find that Yeah, first that and animal. foremost, if someone needs find to retrieve that deer, Damn. what is going to help them retrieve that yeah. deer? And, and look, that dog's not going to be with you on that bow hunt. You're going to, let's right, say... You're you not make, using the dog to help you on the bow hunt. No, you, you, let's say you make a, you know, your shot's not quite right on. You and I are going to spend a day, 24 hours, looking for it, exhausted, and go, okay, it's time to go home and get the dog because all we got is yeah. pin drops for, you know, half a mile. Well, if I was going to speak to what you're looking for then, and, and I know labs are used for tracking. I mean, they, they can do a great job of tracking. They'll find a wound. You deer. can train them, though, yeah, you if can, you really wanted to. Right. You yeah, they, they can certainly do it. Yep. Um, but the versatile breeds, again, this would not be maybe my breed, Although mine have, I have one guy that works for Bear Archery that tracks a bunch of deer with his dog all the time. With a Bronco. With a Bronco. And, um, but some of the versatile breeds tracking recovery of crippled game was their, their biggest 
biggest leashed. That, that was the barometer. There's an old saying when it comes to pointing breeds. The Germans want a tracking dog that will point, and the Americans want a pointing dog that will track. Ah. Uh, so, hmm. can, I, so can I cut in real quick? Montana, yeah, yeah. it's legal to track with a leashed dog, which I think is a, a pretty good. That's a great compromise. That's a smart. Yeah, it's a, it really it's is. a good compromise, yeah. yeah. But most, dog, most states, I think it's leash. Most states. That's reasonable. That's He's not going to be out killing other stuff. Yeah. Now, is that, is that reasonable to ask that of the dog? Can you oh, pull that absolutely. off? On a, yeah. on a leash? Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You, it just, it, that's where it comes into the demeanor of not being you know, crazy. It's like, okay, I, and you train them that way. You train them on the leash. You, you do blood you train drop. them so they know what their job right. is. That's and exactly right. So they just know, like, that leash is not a big deal. I know I'm pulling my dad along, but he's not going crazy. And, yeah, I, I've seen dogs do. I have that one wire-haired black one in Hasco we talked about. He, yeah. He tracks several deer. He killed a, killed a couple deer. So to the point Kill. of being able to... Oh, what well, have your pants over here, Mike? Oh, he's got him. He's got him. <laughs> <laughs> we are in a small house in western Texas, and one of the... You one just of the don't know what you're going to see in our the cameraman is mooning us right now. <laughs> Earlier, Steve asked him if his buttocks hurt. All right, so... Um, just to wrap... I want to wrap a couple things up. Your, your bonus question is taken care of? Ed, Ed should answer it briefly. Well, what's the question? He also loves big game. Yeah, I love big game. And, right. you know, it'd be great if my dog, if I could train my dog to do that. Oh, yeah. And you just said that. If he, yeah, yeah, no, you can train him to, to do trained. anything. Just a quick side note, the dog we hunted with today, Sage, I actually trained him to find dead bats and birds under wind turbines. I used to do research on windmill and fatal windmills and fatalities oh, right? and wildlife. Where, where were you doing that work? Mostly back east in Pennsylvania. So you'd go into big wind farms to see if, if they are, really are if knocking they, birds If out. they killed bats and, and birds. Mostly bats, but, uh, but birds as well. But I actually trained him, and I got him trained in five days. And he'd go out and, in our trials, he, he found over 80, 80% of the trial bats. Really? So we were pretty and confident that he was doing to good. But retrieve. Exactly. Right? It's yeah. the desire to find you just, something. You just turned it. You've channeled it. And I'll it, tell you how we did it. You channeled it. Yeah, exactly. I just took the bats, some frozen bats, and I'd set them out there somewhere. <laughs> Who doesn't have and a frozen bat? And when he bat? actually found them, well, let's not get into that. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> so and when he found it, I'd give him a food treat, and I'd throw it. Right. But more importantly, I'd throw him a bumper. <laughs> the retrieve is the ultimate. Oh. Yeah. So you, then you he, reward him I with being able to do him. a retrieve. And then you just phase out. And this is with any kind of training. You just phase out of that after a while. Then less reward. The, the game or the or the, the or command work. or whatever it is becomes the reward. Right. Yep. My buddy so, Brant, who I mention often, trained. You did the same thing. He's a researcher like yourself. Yep. Trained his dog. Um, to find nests, duck I, nests. I had I had one. Oh, that dog that got very good at finding my very nests, first, one. which he said are fact, if you don't have a dog out there and you don't if you don't have a dog out there and you don't have a hen who's wearing a tracker. Yep, <laughs> it is extremely difficult to find duck nests in yep. high grass, and he would just he just knocked it out of the park finding them with that dog. Yep. I did the same thing with my first my first lab. Duck she nest. wouldn't get there and destroy the eggs. Yeah. She'd get there and be like, right, right here. Right here it and, is, and yeah. Yep. Yep. The same note, that's why they do all the banning of woodcock and wood, uh, wood, um, grouse with pointing dogs. Is that right? Because when they come into the scent... He won't get in there and crush it. Right. Yep. So it's, it's like, mm, mm, can't move. And you're right there with the dog. Tell the dog to, whoa, it's got to be trained dog. Then you can do all the work with the eggs or the... Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. And so to your bonus question. Yeah. 
you could you can train these dogs to do yeah. those. Things. But what dog more out of the box is going to want to do it? Probably of some kind of well, it'd probably be a bloodhound, right? It'd be like a lion yeah, dog. That would be their instinct. Yes, right. that would be. I, I would say yeah. If if all you wanted to do was track, problem is with a with the hound group. You want to say bloodhound? Very few bloodhounds ever get any competition and are trained for tracking anymore. It's it's a great old dog, but they're not real active. Um, then if you were to how try are to get they as family dogs? Just quickly, a bloodhound. I've never had one in the house. I don't know. I think bloodhounds. No experience are, with that. Yeah, but I know the other dogs that would track better and faster would be your blue ticks and your uh, all all the coon dogs, the, the bear. Cur. But but they. It's my sales pitch. They don't. They don't listen good. They're very independent. Who's this now? Bear dogs and coon dogs. Oh, yeah. That you were lying oh, yeah. them to Floyd's be Floyd's lion dogs? Floyd's lion dogs would kill you. <laughs> really? <laughs> they like to hunt lions. And they got to fight lions. Yeah. Yeah. Those dogs are ready to fight. One dog will go fight a lion. Wow. That's, it's like he'll, he would rather die than pull out of the that, fight. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've never seen those lion. dogs do not snuggle. <laughs> yeah, see, my dog probably just, don't want that one for your kids. Really, and it sounds like I'm being like Floyd like, would die if he knew I was saying his dogs would kill you. I don't, I don't mean they kill you. I'm just saying like those dogs think about one thing. They think about their group dynamic, which is very complex because there's a bunch of them. You know, you're running like you've got a dozen dogs or whatever. Right. They think about so they what, that pack what they got going on, yeah. and then they think about how does that relate to catching lions. You know, and that's not a dog you want for the house. (laughs) (laughs) So really, I think it's if you want to concentrate on blood tracking, I would say pick one of the versatile breeds because it's probably more in the gene pool. But I also know that my new son-in-law, his family in Pensacola, uh, Florida, they have a hunting camp in Alabama and their two blood tracking dogs are their labs. So I mean, really? Are they good at finding deer? Yeah, they are. Yeah. And then he, that's will the they one find that, pigs? I don't think they've ever done it, but that's no. the guy they that will, bought the training, dog for me and became anything. my son-in-law. And so he ran his Brocco with the labs, and I was Brocco's tracking blood. So, I mean, I've never trained one to track big game, but I'm sure you can do it. Yeah, because the way I train for trailing for pheasants is you buy a pin raised pheasant and you kill it and you drag it. Right. Oh, and, yeah. and you drag it through a field and you plant it somewhere where you know yeah. where you know it is and you get the dog out and put him on the sand right. and work him until he finds it. You know what's, what's kind of a, uh, I don't mean to offer this as a wrap up, but what's interesting is the first time I ever went hunting pigs with dogs, they had classic trackers, you know, like hounds. Mm-hmm. Then they had where pit bulls in? in Hawaii. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they had yeah. pit bulls. I think they're pit bulls. Or they look like a pit bull. Yeah, Some sort of terrier. Bulls. That they had a dog that would track the pig. Mm-hmm. Then they'd have a dog that would catch the pig and anchor it. And these dogs knew to grab that pig by the ears, and they would hold that thing to the ground. All right. So the dogs worked. Come tandem. hell or high water. And these guys, like, that's just how you do it. Then I later did that in New Zealand, and they had a dog that looked like a toned-down greyhound. And they even had whip it in them. They bred whip it in them for speed. And these dogs were great pig hunters, but they wouldn't actually fight the pig they, they would could, just harass they couldn't the pig. manhandle the pig they would they would not anchor a pig yeah they would harass it and corner it and keep it busy while you went and caught up with it yeah 
end result, the end result is you got to get in there and fight the dog. You got to fight the pig a little bit more. Right. But that little thing would do. The third time I ever went and did this was in Florida, what Giannis was talking about earlier. Whole other deal. Whole different kind of dog. No pit bulls, no whippets. Well, what was it? They were hounds. Some kind of smaller hound dog. But they had one big, I uh, can't remember her name, but there was that one big cur that it looked like it. Oh, they did? Yeah, remember that big... Uh, remember the dogs that all got in the huge fight with the raccoon? I remember the dog... She was that, in there. That boar charged that dog and laid it open good. Yeah, and they had small... Those dogs were small, most of them. Like, yeah. 40, had, like 40 had, pound or... No, probably bigger than that. 50 pounds? Yeah, maybe 45 pounds. 40, yeah. yeah, probably 45 pounds. But there was one that was like a 70, 75 pound... I don't remember that big dog. Big chested... Was that the one that got ripped open by the pig? No, I think it was one of the little ones. What's funny about this guy, <laughs> what... No, he said big chest of this. Oh, this guy, uh, his dog gets, you know, he's got dogs. They're getting fights with pigs all the time. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, man, I said, what's your vet think? You guys bringing in these cut up dogs. Does your vet think that it's like, does he get mad? He like, it's abusive to put these dogs in these situations. He goes, no, I went and found a vet that likes to hunt pigs. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That would certainly help. Yep, that would help. All right, where are we at with time? We should probably... We're there. All right, so the the logical conclusion of this is you need to go buy a Brocco Italiano in a lab. Great dog. You need a budget of... What, what, what do you need for a budget? Uh, they're a little pricey. Ron has a thing. <laughs> they're Ron, a little pricey. Why Ron's got a dog that's a fat... Like You're not, this, you're not going to take offense by this. You had a dog that's a fashionable dog. Not fashionable. It's unknown. It's rare. And, and people want it for novelty. Yeah. And he yes. has even sold dogs, a handful of them, more than a handful of them, to people who have no intention of hunting that right. dog. Right. How can you do that? Well, it's easy. It's called $2,500 <laughs> for an eight-week-old puppy that just says, oh. I did the same thing when There's I was no, Yeah, no one knows yeah. if it's any good or not. About no. three-quarters of my dogs. But you've got to realize... Yeah, Went to pet and yeah. family. Answer me this: How many labs? How many labs do you think are in this country? Lots. I have no idea. How many people? Millions. How many people per family? Just divide that by. <laughs> okay. So let's just say right how many now, American families right are there? Now, there's probably. Yeah. I'm going to say there's five million labs in this in this country. Let, or let's just say a million. That's a, that's a safe number. There's 300 million people. Let's say, say 500,000. I'll bet you. I can look only, it up. Well, yeah, well, it doesn't you, matter. A bunch I'll bet of, you only. Two to three percent of them ever put a duck in their mouth. Yeah, so for sure. It's the same way. When if some, that, if that, if yeah. if that. So same thing. This is a very esoteric dog. It costs a lot to import. It costs a lot to. The price is going to come down, and they're all going to, they're all going to come down to the price. But right now, um, there's somebody who don't know shit from pudding. I sell them for twenty five hundred dollars. <laughs> So you don't feel any kind of moral thing where you got to make sure they're going to hunt that dog? No, I push them in, in, my, in my registry, in my breeding contract. If they ever want to breed this dog, then they have to do all the things I do. They have to do a NAVDA test. Yeah. They have to have health tests, hips, eyes, x-rays, everything. And I'm like, okay, then you're just as new as I was 25 years ago. But you're going to do what I do. And if they do that, and the dog's got to pass a hunting test, this dog's got the ability to do it, and I'm fine with that. And Did you hear about what happened to Matt recently? He bought a, a guy gave him a cow <laughs> that <laughs> nope. for some reason was assumed to be infertile. Oh, yes, yes, I did hear that. Yeah. And then I don't know how it happened. Someone mm -hmm. brought a bull over, and 
But this is my brother. Someone brought a bull. That could be mutilating this story, but the basic gist is a guy gives him a cow that's supposed to be in, in vi- not, yeah. not viable and fertile. Somehow a bull comes over. Turns out the cow is not, in fact, infertile. Has a calf. Matt decides to get out of the livestock business and takes his cow-calf pair down to sell them at an auction. <laughs> Gets in a little trouble with the brand inspector who wants the brand papers. Matt has no idea what he's talking about because the guy just gave it to him. Because he's never had cows before. <laughs> <laughs> Winds up, he has to go to the guy that gave him the cow. The guy that gave him the cow is not happy because he has like a protected bloodline, right? Right. Like a name he's got to defend right mm-hmm. he's got a reputation and here he gives one of his cows to someone who just like, goes and breathes it with some bull down the road <laughs> <laughs> but he was told it was not viable yeah, that's right well i know but anyways he had to go talk to, he had to get himself i can out. see that getting messy <laughs> so i can see that getting messy the, the long and short of the story is he was impressed by beef prices it's a good he's, way to wrap yeah, that up. He's out of the stock business now, but he was in it pretty thick for a couple of days there. So, Ed, budget, dog budget. Uh, if you get really high-powered field trial bred dogs, they're going to push. By that, you, know, you mean 2000. what? Field high, field. Those, the sire or the dam or both have titles. field trial champions. Right. So he knows a good smart. And the mom and dad went to Harvard. Exactly. <coughs> it's Cadillac, the Maserati. But, you know... A good average hunting dog is going to be a thousand bucks, usually minimum thousand fifteen hundred. I think the key thing to look for um, when I was breeding readily through brown dog retrievers when I had my kennel, my my advice to people if they couldn't afford it, it's like that's fine. But if you buy one out of the paper for three or four hundred bucks, make sure it's got the health guarantees. Right. A good act. A good breeder is going to give you, you know is going to have all the certificates you need. Yep. They're, they're free of even all good, known congenital good diseases, time, good hips, good elbows, good eyes, good all that stuff. And they will give you... should do that now. Yeah, that's right. And they will give you a certificate that if there's any of those problems that show up congenitally if, over a certain time, I mean, you don't wait for hips to right. you know, show up with a 12-year-old yeah. dog with bad hips and right. say, I want a puppy. It's called it. arthritis. Exactly. <laughs> but that's what you're really looking for. And to get a good, well-bred dog with the traits you want... Good health certificate. You're, you're looking at a thousand bucks. I'm going to ask you another really tough question. Let's say you go down. Like my, I said, my brother went to a lab rescue place. Right. Basically, randomly selects a dog. If you had to put it in percentage points, what are the what are the odds that he's going to walk out of there? He just goes in. There's ten dogs in there. He randomly selects a dog. Don't don't factor in health. Okay, we'll just make an assumption about sure. health. What are the chances he's going to come home with a, with, a, with a hunting dog that'll make him proud? Versus, he gets one whose mom and dad are all the stuff you're talking about. I think he's got a good chance. I'm going to say probably maybe 75 percent that the dog wants to do the work, mm-hmm. but he's going to have to put the work into it to train it to do it. So he doesn't embarrass his butt. Embarrass his, that's the, embarrass that's the pound puppy. Buddies. That's the pound puppy. They've got the instincts. If it's a purebred lab, yeah. they're all, I mean, it's on a gradient, right? You know, they're not yeah. all good. Right. And some of them are great. Uh, 
to your point, you know, you you pull one out of the lab or the rescue and you get a really good one. That's because he was he you know, has the drive and the instincts. He may have that. been pretty well bred. So he's got a seventy five with a pound puppy. What's he got with a with a dog who's got a got some? Now I'm saying with instinct that right. would actually seventy five. He's do got the instinct he's whether or not you screw it up or not. Exactly, yeah. he's got to yeah. train that in. Maybe, maybe that drops to 25%, depending on you know what? When, if you're buying one from a lab rescue, it might drop to 25% real yeah. quick. When Ed said that, it reminded me of a saying a guy told me years and years ago. When you talk about dogs, well, it's the best dog. Breed best to the best. Don't always breed best to the best. you gotta, you got to say this dog's got a fault, that dog's got a fault. Yeah, but they're both great. No, they've both got a serious fault, and the same fault can repeat itself. There's an old saying, the best boxer, heavyweight, lightweight, middleweight boxer, never stepped off a porch in his life, never stepped into the ring. He just didn't box. No one knows. So yeah. you get that dog like you guys got. That, that dog wasn't trained by any handlers. That wasn't trained by any nothing. And that could have been one of the best dogs in the world. Yep. And through great dogs. Yeah. You just never know. So you never know who. You just right. don't know. I think what you're buying. Right, so yeah, so but you gotta answer the second part. Okay. <laughs> what are this dude's odds if he goes through the whole, jumps through the hoops, buys like a dog with all the paperwork, diplomas, or the mom and dad have the paperwork? Better than average. Yeah. Yeah. But you're already better than average. You said seventy five percent. That was instincts. Okay. Let, you let, just let, let me re- so, I, this is the last thing we're gonna talk about. I want to sure. re-ask the question. You got a guy. He's a he's has everything it takes as a beginner trainer. He's gonna. Going to the pound and get a dog, and he's got the time. He's got the time that is necessary to put into it. What are the odds he's going to pull a good dog versus what I'm trying to get you to answer? You know what I'm trying to get you to answer. Does it actually pay? Is it actually worth your time to look and be like, who were the mom and dad, all that garbage? Is it just like, is it just random, or do you really get something when you get that? Now I'm going to maybe drop it to 50-50. But, you know, the reality is I, I think most of the labs have good instincts, but not all of them are going to be hunters right out of the box. Yeah. And, you know, if you're, it depends on their age, you know, the old dog, new trick thing. I mean, you can train old dogs, but gotcha. your, best, your best bet is to start with a young dog. And, and train. And so you and, didn't put you an know, age in that puppy. No, 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 yeah, no. right, right. Yeah. So if you so, had to get one, that was old. The, yeah, one that was old, one that was a puppy. You'd always go with the puppy. Yeah, I would. I would if I was going to train one. Yeah. If you go down to rescue a six year, six or eight year old lab, you're gonna you know, they're kind of setting their ways, and you're you probably get what getting you get. a house dog. Yeah, probably. Because yeah, really let me good, qualify those percentages. Really, so you're not really, you're not really comfortable <laughs> answering that question. Well, it's, well, it's, it's just too, too much unknown. I'm such a classic scientist. It just depends, you know. Yeah. I can um, give you a little antidote. My brother-in-law, who owns Sage, we just saw pictures of, who was a, or is a 2000 dollar puppy. I don't know exactly what he pays. I know that he's she just got bred at six years old for the very first time, and he's expecting, you know, to make some dividends. His first lap that he trained very hard was a rescue pound dog, Bonnie. Amazing dog. Love that dog. He had no idea. They just grabbed her. He put the time in, and it was an amazing lab. Yeah. So, yeah. there you go. He got both of them. All right. Yep. But you, right. Could, you could spend that kind of money and, you know, for come a real high-powered lab and come out with nothing. And so. This is it. Oh, go ahead. I know it's late, but um, there's also, if you want to buy a dog, I think one of the best ways to do, if you can do it, if it's in your budget, you're ready to spend a thousand or two thousand dollars on a dog. Go meet the parents of those dogs. Spend some time with that, that right? breeder. 
And then, because if there's something you don't like about either of them dogs, you might get that in your puppy. Yeah. So that, but it's hard to do these days. These dogs get sold on the, you know, through the internet. I, I have sold dogs from coast to coast, north to south. Canada. You deliver your dogs. Most of them. I shipped one to Greece. Did you? <laughs> really? I did. Yeah. yeah. A gal from, uh, from uh, Mykonos Island in Greece. But I say the same me. thing about spouses. You know, I've been married, yeah, I've been married for a long time. People ask me, you know, advice. I'm like, dude, go hang out with the parents, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> really? Say, oh, yeah. Yeah. Are you don't kidding say, me? Says, you don't I know people say that, but I don't know. If you don't know, like man. your mother in law, you're marrying them all. <laughs> I just can't picture I, I can't picture it if someone had went and said, like, 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 before sort of, you decide. No, sort of what I said to my wife, oh, Go hang out with Frank and Rosie, and you'll find out what it's like to be married to Steve. I just don't see how you'd ever get the. I, I, I gotta give you that. I think yeah, but, you gotta just find like it'd be the idiosyncrasies. It's not the real person, but yeah. it's a good point. You and Frank are not the same. We both like stuff real organized. That's true. And not a lot of garbage, like spent shotgun shells all over the floor and stuff like that. <laughs> Roddy thinks Ooh. cup holders are little things that hold empty shotgun shells. <laughs> well, no, one is for non-spent. Yeah, it's for spent. spent. That's right. Or maybe a mix. <laughs> the, console, the console is for unshot. The little door holders are for spent shotgun shells. Um, all right, we got to go. This is actually like a two-part podcast because we're going to do part two. Um, Later. Some other time? No, we're going to do it real soon. And okay. we're going to talk about why we're here, which is the real tall bird with the real good meat. We're, we're going to okay. pick that up. And hopefully we're going to bring in a, uh, a another guy who, who shot a mountain of these tall, good-to-eat birds. Hopefully this is all going to happen. I think it's going to happen. But in the meantime, thanks for joining us. Uh, tune in more. Also, this is Meteor the Podcast. You can always, always, always watch Meat Eater, the TV show by getting yourself access to the Sportsman channel or go to Mediator. I can never remember how that goes. Is it VHX TV or TV.VHX? Hold on a minute. Don't go anywhere. It's, um, I really need to commit this to memory. One minute. My buddy set this thing up and it's not. I'm sure it's, hold on a minute. <laughs> Just stay tuned here a minute. <laughs> Me eater dot dot gov. <laughs> Go to meateater.gov. Oh, I'm not connecting something happened to my thing. Come on, help me out, man. Someone. I can't believe you guys aren't being helpful. I don't have a phone with we me. We are. <laughs> We're not busting your balls about I'm what's trying going to think. On. Okay, okay. Nope. Go to, I'm going to commit to some memory right now. Think of this. TV comes last in life. Okay. With that thought, meateater.vhx.tv. Meateater.vhx.tv. You can go there to stream and download episodes, watch to your heart's content. Um, there's a code you put in for a discount. Try media your podcast, but that might not be it. Um, <laughs> all right, everybody. Stay tuned. Thank Love you. you. Ron loves you.
Hey, I'm excited to share our newest sponsor here on the Meat Eater Podcast, which is Poncho Outdoors. The reason I'm excited is I buy their shirts anyways. Dude, they make some good shirts. And they even have an option where if you're like a skinny dude, you can click like the skinny dude thing. It's great. Based in Austin, Texas, Poncho is committed to crafting the world's best outdoor shirts for men. Poncho is only sold on their own website. So head over to ponchooutdoors.com, use code MEATEATER for a free hat or t-shirt with any purchase of a shirt. Poncho offers free shipping and returns, so you can try them out risk-free. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase.